Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups, conferences, trade shows, IT training, music events, or literally any type of event, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. The podcast is sponsored by Apps Events. We produce over 300 of our own events across the globe every year, from training to conferences, and we're now sharing our expertise to a small group of event professionals. There's a couple of ways we can help you. Firstly, we can run the logistics for your event. We have a whole support team who can handle all the heavy lifting for you. We can help set up your website and agenda, liaise with your speakers, deal with the huge volume of questions you'll get from attendees, we can liaise with venues, and we can come to the event to actually run it for you on the ground. Get in touch with james at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call to see if we can help. Secondly, I offer one-on-one coaching to help event entrepreneurs grow their events. I want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. So just email me at dan at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call. And now, on to the interview. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to be, have a returning guest here, Luke Reed. We, Luke was on the podcast, how many months ago was it? A year, it was about a year ago, I seem to think. Was it longer? Yeah, I think it was just over a year ago. Yeah, and we've had a few returning guests recently. Uh, we had Steve Monnington, who I think you've been in touch with, actually, regarding who's like the broker for uh, conferences and things. That's right. Yeah, we were doing some, um, some stuff with Steve, and he was giving us some advice. And yeah, very, very good guy. Had a few guests chat to each other, which is great. It's always good to manage to connect people and help connect people, you know, which is cool. Um, so Luke runs a company called Tech Circus that runs meetups and conferences in the UK around some really focused areas like UX design and financial t- and fintech stuff. So obviously, the, when we talked before, everything was going great. There was no COVID. Luke, uh, we talked about coming back because obviously, you know, the disaster, we've had a few episodes about the disaster that is coronavirus, COVID, and, and Luke's managed to... Um, have a bit of an interesting story transitioning to some online stuff. So we're going to get into a bit about catching up with Luke since we last spoke. I guess COVID, the whole thing started kind of, you know, beginning of the year, January, February, like how, like before that, like by the end of the year, how were things for you? Had you finished up like 2019 feeling pretty optimistic or did you have any events like coming up at the end of the year? Well, Dan, yeah. Uh, thanks for having us on again today. Uh, it's really great to be here. Cool. Um, yeah, firstly, where we met off uh, last time, where sorry, where we left off last time, I believe that we we had three conferences and we were starting to, it was actually quite interesting listening back to the podcast, listening to my own predictions and seeing if they came true. And I did that recently. Yeah, I'm glad to say everything did go go to plan. We ended up creating another few conferences and we entered into the USA and created an event in New York, which was really successful. And we also started running events in Berlin and Amsterdam. Everything was going incredibly well. Um, and we we were planning for this year to, to do some major events. And I think these are more like festivals than, you know, just conferences where we'd have multi-track stages, a big trade area, lots of interactive stuff going on so we booked the excel up uh we were we were increasing our staff i bought on an operations manager to do all the recruitment so we could scale up yeah all brilliant and then you know come january we had six conferences lined up as i said two of them are massive absolute confexes if you like how, how, um, how many people were you uh, expecting 
about one and a half thousand people at each one we were yeah. we were aiming for and we thought that was quite realistic that's what the space was doing and i mean that's a quite conservative view uh, for the six track event that we were trying to uh, create so yeah that was all going fantastically well i mean then nothing could go wrong yeah. and then, <laughs> and then uh, go wrong? yeah and then in january we were planning and and then all of a sudden our sponsors and we were getting sponsorship deals in dead early because of our name had grown they all just started saying, oh, we might hold off a minute. And then the speakers started saying- When did you first hear about COVID? Like what were the first, like, when did you, do you remember where you were when you first heard it? And do, did you immediately think, oh shit, like this is going to affect us? I first heard it on the news and I'm a bit of a news addict. So I'm always on Twitter and the news, just checking out what's going on. Yeah. And the first time I heard it, I, I remember seeing some video of someone going into a supermarket in Wuhan, walking around with a mask on. And I just thought, oh my God, it looks like a disaster movie. Um, didn't know quite what to believe, but the thing that was impacting us, I, I went to an event and there was a recruitment company. And I remember saying to them at the event, this could really ruin the events industry. And he kind of chuckled and went, oh, I won't touch recruitment. Yeah, about four weeks later, we were all in lockdown. So uh, we laughed about it the other day when we were chatting. Um, yeah. yeah, it completely, I, I, I think as an events organizer, I could see it coming before most other people could. But it, it, it yeah, it got a lot bigger than we expected with the lockdown. And when and when was like, so when this happened, February, I guess, from there, what was the next event you had scheduled? When was that? Well, we had um, three events scheduled for this half of the year, and I believe they were uh, approximately in May, June, and July. Yep. So we, we'd already taken sponsorships. We'd already sold tickets uh, nice and early. You know, we've been running these events for a few years, so people were getting their early bird tickets in. And at that stage, yeah, we had quite a considerable amount of money tied up in sponsorships and in tickets. And did you, and what, and did you, so how did you, how did this play out? Did you, did you make a decision to cancel it soon or did you try to hold off? Like what were you, what were you thinking in the beginning? I, I personally wanted to hold off because I, I was reading almost a little bit too much into it. I kept seeing different conflicting articles. Some saying this is the flu, some saying this is going to be the next uh, swine flu. And when I was younger, I worked in a, in a summer school and we had swine flu outbreak and we had to cancel the whole school. And then it turned out swine flu was less deadly than the flu. So I was just a little bit skeptical about the whole kind of media hype around it to begin yeah. with. But one thing I knew is that our sponsors and our attendees weren't, the tickets just stopped and, uh, you know, things started to really slow down. It was quite funny. Like a few weeks before lockdown, people were still buying tickets yeah. for events, um, but not as many as normal. So um, there were, and there was a few sponsors that signed up very, you know, a uh, few weeks before as well before it really got locked down uh, when the news was really breaking out and people were starting to see that Italy was going into a lockdown I even had a trip booked to Venice um, funny enough on the uh, weekend before they went into lockdown yeah and now that's it's kind of any every event organizers worst nightmare like how did you think like did, did you realize like I'm gonna have to refund these people like were you on the hook for anything for the venue or were they gonna let you off like how did it how did it all play out from that point of view I had a, a chat to my bank uh, weeks before the lockdown um, and I said to them, I don't think we're going to survive. Um, I don't see how we're going to survive. And and he said, well, I can't remember what it was, but it was something on my personal credit that was stopping me from getting a loan from them yeah. or extending the overdraft. And I'm talking like just a, a tiny bit, not even, you know, um, yeah. anything near what they were offering afterwards. 
And uh, so we didn't get the loan. And I just sat there and thought, wow, uh, you know, um, last year's money is going to have to last for a little while. Yeah. And, do you, and did you have to cancel those events and refund the people? Or how did that go in the end? So, yeah, this is where it gets interesting. So we held off, as I said. Um, we kept the venues booked. Um, we kept saying that we are monitoring the situation closely. Yeah. And we were. we were. I was checking every hour. Um, and essentially, you know, it got to a point where some people were writing in saying, look, I don't want to go because I'm scared about my health. Um, and that was, you know, that was a fair fair point and we just said look we're going to definitely refund you or we will offer you an alternative we're not going to leave you high and dry don't worry um so we managed to meet everyone's expectations including our sponsors um yeah. and they were all they've all supported us they like us as people we've got great relationships so they were quite forgiving in the fact that we've taken their money and there might not be an event popping up um so we were okay for for the time being and, and then we got into the lockdown stage and we had to come up with a new plan yeah. And, and how would a venue, how did, how would a venues in all this time, were they helping you? Were they saying, look, had you already put deposits down or how were they to deal with? Or was it, was it, did it vary? I'm, I'm very shrewd with money, to be honest. And I always uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, just in my nature from running businesses for eight years, I always try and hold back paying people until I absolutely have to. Um, yeah. So we always make sure our terms are quite good. We did put some deposits down. One of the things I bought was a big website for one of the festivals, um, which cost uh, around £10,000, which we're not yeah. going to use. Um, and then there was... Uh, plenty of other deposits put down, but they were quite small. They were, you know, six grand here, 10,000 there. So fairly, you know, they weren't hundreds of thousands or anything yeah. that was too too hard to deal with. Um, yeah. So yeah, the venues, we phoned them when this was all happening and said, look, what's the policy? And they just said, you have to pay. Um, that's what we were told, you have to pay. Uh, we're still a business, we're still operating, we're still gonna open unless the government shuts us down, we're gonna be opening our doors. So we were panicking, thinking, oh, my God, we're going to have to pay tens of thousands of pounds, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds, probably in venue costs that we can't run. Um, and how that's where, you know, I started speaking to the bank and thinking, do we have enough reserves to get through this? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how, many, how many people in your team right now? Um, at the moment, we have eight, I, eight, I yeah. believe. Um, yeah, around that, around that number. Eight, eight people to pay as well, which I guess is your main cost. Yeah, at the time we had 10 and, and you know, it, we, a few people dropped out, um, not anything to do with COVID, just they, they moved on. Um, and, you know, that, that, that kind of um, made things a bit easier in terms of the cash flow. We just we were going to advertise them for replacements and then we just we just decided not to replace them. Sure. Um, so that helped a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, it got to a point where, you know, we got to this place and the lockdown happened and then there was, uh, we, we, we had to figure out what we were going to do. And to sort of bring it back a couple of weeks, I bought this camera. It's called a Mevo camera. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Mevo. Yeah, camera. yeah, it's very cool. So a Mevo is like a really widescreen camera and you can do live editing on your phone. So my plan to make this all work out, and it's kind of laughable looking back at it, but I booked a studio so that we could bring our presenters in taxis to the studios and then I was going to host the event live with a presentation screen, this Mevo camera, one of my staff and the three speakers there doing their presentations just like they would at events. And yeah. that was the idea. And I spent a thousand pounds on this camera with all of the lovely bits and pieces to go with it. 
and uh, of course we never used it yeah so um yeah the next stage was was okay how do we do online events now everybody's locked in their house um and yeah yeah it got interesting and uh we you kind of think for me a webinar or a google hangout is just like it's not what we do you know it's uh it's not high spec you know performance sort of related thing. It's, it's it's the sort of thing that you'd um do if you were doing a work meeting not an event and yeah. And this is where we we started to innovate and created um, it. At this point, I think I was working harder than I've ever worked in my life. I was up all night, working all weekends, trying to figure out how do we create a good looking event online. Yep. Um, and we were looking at Vimeo and live stream, and I didn't quite get to all, all the three events you had in the first half of the year. You were looking to move them all online. Is that, or were you thinking of cancelling one? No, no, no. At this time, we have community events, and I said that in the last podcast. I don't know if yeah, you remember, yeah. but we came from meetups, so we were just going to move the community events online because people had paid for them as well. Yeah. And actually, we had like about four or five thousand pounds for tickets and community events. Yeah. So we're like, we we can either refund everybody or we can take this online. We didn't know how long this was going to last, so we thought let's just take this online and um we, we give people instead of them going to one event we'll give them free events and yeah. uh, have the same speakers as before and you know they won't get the food and drink that they got but they will get the same content um sure. and people are, i said you know you got a choice you come to the free events or you get a full refund it's up to you and 90 percent of people went for the online events because they were locked in and uh, had nothing to do so uh the first online event we had had 700 people attend uh paid but they were all small amounts as i said it was 10 quid 15 quid ahead yeah yeah so that's cool. where yeah that's where it started to come into play and at this point as i said we kind of transitioned from trying to figure out how to use a video camera and live stream it in a studio to let's just use our computer cameras um yeah. and like let's just try and you know do this in the right way and i remember uh in my house i i had I had sort of an upstairs next to my 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 bedroom and and my bed, and I just set up a little corner that looked nice, and then popped the the, the camera on a chair and just tried to make it look as professional as possible. And the first event that we did was a nightmare because uh, the technology it's just totally different. You can't help what's going on with the presenters' laptops and their microphones, and yeah. there was all sorts of small tech niggles, and it was just scary like you press live and then all of a sudden you're talking at a computer and there's no interaction with the audience you don't know if people can see you even or if, if it, you know especially when you first start so yeah. it was really scary and especially when people paid for it you kind of you know have to do a better service than just and did you send these, could they be on camera and jump in and ask questions or were they just did they just have text chat so we we researched lots of different webinar platforms and we found one which was really really great and we used that it, it has it's very much like zoom but it's, What's it uh, called, but out of interest um i can't <laughs> i can't give away all of our secrets but yeah yeah um, the, it, tell it, me yeah i can tell you afterwards it's essentially a, a bespoke piece of software that you can tailor yourself a little bit and what we did is we added on things to it so we added on things like uh polls and questionnaires and you know lots of different elements to it so that we our our webinars were a little bit above everybody else's yeah um, I think what, what we're using actually we i mean because we're, we're not charging for ours you know we're doing but but we have a big big views like i mentioned thirty thousand views for one we're using something called a Streamyard, 
which is which oh, is nice. a really good system. It's kind of basic, you know. And we've tried a few, and 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 it's really good. You can stream live to YouTube if you want, which is probably not what you want, but but it's got a lot of. It's got a really good chart. It's got a few. You can do polls and pull in different things. You can put up, bring things up to the bottom third. It's kind of. Uh, lower third it's we found it pretty easy to use actually i have to say if someone's looking for a recommendation for something kind of basic but actually with a lot of features it, it's a good start you know well you know what i'll tell you something um as a bit of advice for everybody out there uh, the top five webinar systems are all quite similar anyway yeah. um some of them have more functionality some of them are smoother and easier to use yeah uh, the one that we use is very difficult to use um yeah. <laughs> so you have to spend a bit of time practicing on it and i wouldn't recommend it for a beginner anyway we had to go through quite a few uh faults and mistakes to make sure that we were getting good quality events out of it yeah. um one thing that kept happening is people would turn their cameras on and the, and the screen would go black and right. you wouldn't be able to see them um and we worked out there was something in the ui where uh it was disconnecting the camera um right. so we then told people not to do that and it, it of course it didn't happen but on the first you can imagine 600 people watching your first uh, live event and you're sat there and then all of a sudden the camera turns on and it's black and the speaker's not there and you're just left hanging with 600 people watching you it's so embarrassing and you're just thinking okay so the screen's gone black i don't know why um and you just think oh my god what what do we do in this position and then you yeah. sort of say in the mic, well, could you turn it back on and off again and see if that works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so the new like problems of the modern event world, you know, dealing with these things on the fly. It's like it's like it used to be dealing with like you know the microphone's not working, a speaker didn't turn up, you know, like there's a problem with the catering. Now it's like a whole new set of problems. Well, this is it. So it wasn't easy, but I figured that this software was quite advanced, and once you got to know how to use it, um, it was amazing, and we still use it now. Um, so what we essentially did is um, we started doing these these events and we were charging for them. Uh, we just figured that everybody's at home. There's nothing going on. Like, there's no entertainment at all, really. It's very hard, you know, for them to, to keep themselves entertained. There's only so much Netflix you can watch. And I think at the time you're allowed out for an hour a day. So the events were really popular, actually. And a lot of people wrote to me afterwards and said, look, you kept me sane during the lockdown. You know, I was like locked in my house by myself. I'm not, I'm single, you know, I didn't, couldn't see any friends, but coming to these events, you know, was nice. I got to interact with people and talk to people and able to learn new stuff and feel like, you know, slightly more sane than I was. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it, it was a really great starting point. And how, how many, how many of these events did you run and how many people were coming to them? So um, to begin with, <laughs> we ran three a week. So as, as I said, we've got eight staff to pay. So we, we've had to really go for this. We couldn't yeah. do it half-heartedly. So we did as many events as we could as, as these events were low paid, 10 pounds, you know, ahead events. What we found is that people were in the feedback, they were saying, look, we've really enjoyed your physical events and we'd kind of miss a little bit of, of the human interaction. But yeah. being completely honest with you, these are better. And the reason why is the, the slides are very clear. The speakers are global speakers. We didn't have to invite local people anymore. So yeah. we had a much bigger pool of speakers. They could watch it afterwards. The recording comes to them the next day. All the technological things that you kind of 
if you have a big event you pay for, you pay for a camera crew to go in and record it and get the recording back quickly. And the slides, if you're sitting at the back, you can't see them. So uh, the questionnaires, you use Slido or something like that to do questions and upvote them. This is all included on most of these systems. If you go onto Zoom or any of these webinar portals, they all have these uh, polls and questionnaire kind of uh, facilities on them. So um, yeah, you can you can essentially create a better experience if it's an educational event. Yeah. Cool. So what, so what was next? Are you running these events? You're charging a low fee. People like them. Like what were you thinking at this point about, were you thinking, God, I hope this is going to end soon. We can go back to in person. Or were you thinking this could be a business? Well, yeah, it's a really good question. So the next, the next point was a lot of confusion. Um, what do we do? When's, when's this going to stop? When are we going to be out of lockdown? Um, is yeah. The live events going to happen every day for like the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> Are the live events going to happen again? Um, yeah. And so there's there's one thing that happened that um, that made me think. I I was um, I was going for a walk one day with my dog, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Okay, right, we're doing these live events." we've always wanted to be a bit of a tech platform. That's where you can really scale up and you can get a global audience. Um, and I just started thinking about the events industry and about climate change, about uh, accessibility, affordability, all of these different factors. And I just thought, you know what? This is probably the biggest opportunity we've ever had. Although things are pretty shit at the moment, like, this is a big opportunity. Like there's no one else doing these online events. And um, if we do it well, it could be really big. Um, so start to get really excited by it, weirdly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's the best way to try to find an opportunity in crisis. Yeah. You know, when you like start your first business and you've got like a, a sort of blank slate and you, you, you can create all the ideas, all the crazy ideas that you wanted to create. And then you get into your business and it gets bigger and bigger and then you get stuck in your ways and you have to do it in a certain way. Yeah. Well, this for me was like starting the business again. And it was like, it was interesting. I was like, well, there's nothing we can do. I've got loads of spare time. Let's, let's create something. Let's create something new. Yeah. And um, I found it really fun because of personally, I'm not that driven um, by money. Uh, money is a brilliant benefit to running a business but I'm much more driven by creativity and making a successful business, making a large organization, having a positive impact on people's lives. There's many other things that come a little bit before money. Obviously you need to have some security. Um, but I come to the realization recently that that's not the number one thing It's obviously one of the things that everybody uh, needs to survive, but it's not the number one thing. So, um, what I realized when I started doing this, I was just really enjoying getting creative again and learning new stuff and meeting new people and creating a whole new concept. And I felt in a weird way on this walk when I was thinking, I was thinking this is the golden opportunity, like industries, whether you're in the bar industry or the events industry, like I saw somebody do an online rum tasting and I was just thinking, what a great idea. Like this yeah. could be massive. And I, I took part on it. It was actually really good. And I just thought- Do they send, every... send you samples to your house something or how does it work? <laughs> Yeah, they send you samples to your house and then you sit in a Zoom room and then they do the testing together with like 12 people and they talk about the rums and they actually had the owners of each rum because of it's so easy to do it globally now. They had the owners, the actual people that own the company talking about their 
their rums and how they made them. Yeah. Fascinating. And it cost 25 quid. And I was like, you know, sat at home, locked in, you can't go to the pub. And these, these rums, beautiful rums from all over the world come. And then I'm sitting talking to all of these owners of rum companies. It was a really great experience. And I just started thinking of this. I was like, so all of these old industries are there um, and they're all physical industries. And like, how do you disrupt that and become online? And, and how do you change things? And what's the reason behind changing them? Is there a problem here that needs to be solved? Um, sure. not, not, not just COVID, I'm talking about afterwards. Yeah, so yeah. that's where it got really interesting. And um, we had the option from the government to furlough all the staff, um, as everybody did. And I saw, and I have friends who, uh, even people that work in my company that have friends in the events industry, and yeah. every events in, in a person was either made redundant or furloughed. That was, yeah. you know, the general... Um, furlough for non-UK people, how does that work? I don't even know. They pay The government pays 80% of their salary, is that right? That's right. Yeah, government pays 80% of their salary, So, um, and they would pay... You would pay over 20%, basically, as the employer. Yeah, you, you can do, you don't have to. So you can give them a 20% pay cut and the government can just pay them 80% or you can pay the extra 20% if you're a kind company. Yeah. So we had the choice to furlough all of the staff. I did furlough some of the staff that uh, temporarily, just purely because like the sales team had nothing to sell. There wasn't a product. Yeah. And um, the operations team, well, I mean, they couldn't do operations. There was no physical events to run. So yeah. there was... A few people that we furloughed, but more than 50% of the staff stayed. And um, what I found is that um, we just started creating all this cool stuff. So we started creating loads of different events online. And once we tried a few of the meetups, we were confident enough to say, well, let's do the conferences online and started speaking to my sponsors and saying, look, we're going to do this online. We're not going to charge you for it because you paid for an offline conference. I mean, one of our conferences in, in a, a skyscraper in uh, New York next to the Empire State Building and, you know, being on, on a webinar is not quite the same experience. Yeah. And so we just said to them, look, we, we do this sponsorship for free for you. Um, but next year when we do the live event, you'll get that as well, you know? So you'll get what you originally paid for plus an online event in the meantime because we're going to be holding your money for a year. And they were really accommodating to that. They were said, they said, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. You know, cool. uh, we get loads of promotion in the meantime, whilst things are going crazy. And then next year we come back and we'll do the event like planned. And so they were happy to get on board with it. And um, that's how we saved refunding probably about 70,000 pounds of the sponsors. That's great. That's a great tip for anyone. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and may still be a good tip because who knows when this is going to end, you know, right now. I mean, it's like, you know, this thing is still, going yeah, on as we speak you couldn't it and and i you know you could see it as oh why are you run like for me it was about surviving and uh at that point and you know we did the same with the attendees so we said you have a free ticket to the virtual event which is going to cost 100 quid or 150 quid uh to attend and our normal ticket price is around three four five hundred pounds depending on where the, the new york one's about six or seven hundred pounds um so we we said to everybody you know would you like to uh come to this conference the and then and then comes the other one and and again there was very few people that said no we don't want to come to the event the content's the same the speakers sure. are the same um you know they the thing they're lacking was the experience and the networking but we even imitated networking online by doing speaker chat rooms where you can chat to the speakers we did 
speed networking. We did all sorts of great things and people got networking. Um, it wasn't quite the same as, you know, at the events, um, but it was pretty good. Like most so people, we run a lot of um, certification, you know, Google certification courses for teachers. Typically it's a one or two day in-person event. And, and we've started, and now because of COVID, we've now started running these online and we've tried different formats. And, and what we found is that it works well, like three to six sessions, one and a half hours, two hours, you know, people can't sit in front of a computer all day, you know, but they can, we can break it up. And, and, you know, like, I, I like, I love in-person events. I can't wait to get back to going. I mean, I, I, I actually really enjoy conferences, trade shows. I, I, I like it even as an attendee, you know, I, I think that's why I got into organizing things because I enjoy it. But, but I think you've always got like what you're doing, find something, what, what can you do a little bit different in some ways? Like we've, so our new boot camps, online ones, it's not a full day, it's split up, but we're going to keep running these. Like, this is a new business for us, you know, which after, after this ends and it will end, you know, like we're going to start running these. We're not going to try to replicate the old ones, we're just going to run this new format and keep the old ones. You know, that's kind of a plan right now. Yeah, that's that's right. And you, you're totally right. That's what we felt as well. We felt, look, we build a whole new business, a whole new market, like in this in this period. So when we do go back to physical, if we do go back to physical, we've got two businesses. People can come to the online side of the business or they can come to the physical side of the business. Sure. But if the physical side of the business doesn't come back, um, then we still have the online side of the business and we're dominating that area. So... Um, if, if it doesn't come back, like you think, you think conferences and, and, and events might just end, like just if this goes on too long and people start running them or, or what? I'm curious what you mean by that. So I follow a lot of hashtags like the event profs um, hashtag on LinkedIn and Twitter. And I see every single person in the events industry saying, well, you, you can't replace live face to face, you know, yeah. interaction. Oh, they'll definitely come back. The UK economy depends on it. All of these different things. And at first, I was in that boat as well. I have to admit, I was thinking, well, you know, you just did live events and there's nothing, you know, that's going to replace them. And I come around a bit more now to the conclusion that actually a big thing that's happening in the world at the moment, and it's not COVID-19, um, there's other things that are happening and there's global climate change. There's uh, issues around uh, diversity and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there's many different social things that are happening that could potentially really damage events in the future. Yeah. And this is uh, one of the things that I think is going to be a big problem for the industry when we come back. Yeah. And there's, there's a few things that I've observed. And, and at first, as I said, like, give it, you know, like if you told, asked me two months ago, I would have been pushing for live events. And I know I'm in a bit of a privileged position now where we've done well on online. So it's easier to say it at this point. But the, the reality is, is that climate change is going to be the next big thing that everyone's talking about. And conferences, uh, CO2, I read the other week that all the fashion weeks in the in the world that happened they, they create 241,000 tons of co2 and it's the same as a small country really yeah and so so you know if you are creating really 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 big events you're definitely not doing good things for the planet and a lot of people in the industry would you know hide behind that i've been to a conference so oh we we recycle everything and and so on and so on but the real way to eradicate that is by going online and to reduce carbon footprint, people not having to go all the time to events. I believe that a bit like the cinema, events will become something you go through for a treat. 
Um, and I think online events will become more like Netflix and you'll be watching them all the time. That's my personal view. Thing, you know, because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I was ahead of look, I mean, just by the kind of business, I'm in cloud computing with schools and stuff. We were always ahead of the game with being virtual. Like, so we have 10 full-time people in apps events, completely virtual. I've never had an office. I never want an office. So for me, I'm on calls like this all day, every day. I was just telling you before I've been on since 11 o'clock today. It's now 4.49 in, in Prague. Like I'm always just, and we run our business. We run a hundred percent global business. I mean, we, you know, we run events, Middle East, Asia, US, um, completely. So, so we've always, always been, you know, like this online stuff is not an issue for me. I'm always watching online webinars. I've been doing that forever, you know, but I've learned how to optimize my situation. I've got a separate, I've got two small kids at home. I've, I've got a separate office. I come to, I get away from it all. I can do it. And, and, and a lot of people having to deal with a situation where they're home, maybe they haven't got the space. Um, but, but so you know, that's, that's one thing, you know, like, I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a shift. A lot of offices are not going to open again. A lot of people are going to be working. They're going to be communicating like we, and I'm, I'm used to that. That's normal for me, but I still love getting together. I like forgetting about the conferences I organize. Like I'm a member of an entrepreneur's group called dynamite circle. We get together every year in Bangkok in October. It's like the highlight of my, yeah, I love going that, you know, cause it's, it's all people running, doing similar things. We all get together and it's not going to happen this year. And I'm like, that that can't be replaced online for me, you know, but but we have a members forum and I'm on there every day, you know, it's kind of a private, you know, private LinkedIn, Twitter sort of thing. But for me, like, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm in both camps on this, you know, I think I, 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 I don't think I always want to go, maybe people will get more selective about it. Maybe they'll be, you know, I, I know personally, you know, I don't like the, the CO2 emissions of me going to Bangkok, but I'm still going to go every year, you know. That's, I mean, I understand that. And um, so what I'm getting at actually is uh, we, we wouldn't go fully online, you know. Yeah. Um, we would always do live events as well. I think what my point is, is that there's all of these social implications to doing events and um, sponsors, partners, big partners and big companies are going to be asking themselves, how do we reduce emissions? And yeah. one of the first things they're going to say is, oh, in lockdown, we didn't go to any events or we didn't have an office, or we didn't travel to work. This worked really well. Um, yeah. So I, it's not so much of a case of where people go, but I'm, I'm more concerned about the partners and sponsors. And maybe the, for us, a lot of people go on training budgets. So I feel like that could be quite a, a serious issue. Um, and one of the things that I've been thinking about is that people possibly might go to more local events yes. um, and less further afield traveling so they won't my, uh, especially with the airlines a lot of them you know really struggling they're gonna be a lot more expensive a lot of the hotels might not even be here by that point um yeah. I, I think about the xl where we we hold our events and the hotels along there they just survive from the trade at the xl they're not going to have any trade for a, well you uh, know I think, I think i think flying's going to be what it like when I was really small, like my parents years, you know, like when I was really young, we never went on, you know, this was pre budget airlines. So we never went on, on holidays. We went on holiday to, to Cornwall or Scotland, you know, and like my parents' generation flying was like a, you know, it, it was for the wealthy. And I think it's sadly, I think it's going to move a little bit back to that. I think, you know, I don't think it's good. I don't think we're going to have the same budget airline options as, as we have. I think it's going to become not for the super wealthy, but I think it's going to, it's going to, the prices are going to go up, you know? The other thing. Yeah, you're totally right. And, I mean, the other thing to take into consideration is there's this whole work from home movement. Yeah. So if people are living in Devon and Scotland and they're all relocating to beautiful countryside places, 
uh, where they get more bang for their buck and they're essentially, you know, getting so much better standard of living, why would they travel in to events all the time when they could go online? Um, it is a bit of a two-sided coin, though, because I guess if people... Because they want to go to an event because they're stuck in the middle of nowhere and they're like, I want to go every three months. Yeah, they want to go and meet people now. I'm, I'm isolated. So yeah. I, I do believe, you know, there is definitely a place for... Um, uh, live events and we run a live events company but all i'm saying is that i think that covid will be around for the next 12 months or so um more that's my personal prediction on it at the moment from what i've read and maybe it will never go and the uncomfortableness of going to a large-scale event wearing masks and gloves and hand sanitizers and social distancing i don't think it's going to be as appealing as it once was I also feel that companies are going to get more and more strict on uh, CO2 emissions. So things have to change. And for me, that means the future is dual events. The majority of people that go to the events will be online. And then there will be a handful of people at the live event itself. Yeah. And when I say handful, it could be that you have um, a thousand people or 3000 people at your event, but then you could have 10,000 people watching online and joining online. It's true. So that's what what could be the future. I think yeah, a couple. I've got a couple of thoughts about that. One is you mentioned like people not wanting the hassle of the masks and the hand sanitizer. But you know, I go to I go to Asia a lot. I'm lucky. I'm, I love Asia. You know, we may even move out there. You know, we run a lot of events all across Asia, and and that and, and Asia's kind of been like this for a long time. I mean, if people have a cold, they wear a mask. You know, not to, not to, just so we don't transmit it. It's more of a society. It's they've got a bit more of a communal attitude. A lot of Asian countries, you know, it's standard. You know, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. You know, you, you go to Taiwan, if they, they've, they've got heat scanners. I mean, this has been like this for years. You know, they've got heat scanners. You come in, you, you can you can look back as you've gone through the to the check. You know, and, you, and it scans everyone's bodies. Who's got the temperature? They pull them over. I, and, and after I, I spent, I took my family out. We spent three months in Asia last year in Thailand and, and went to Hong Kong and a few places because I had events there. And I just got used to it. It was normal, you know. We like my, my son had a bit of a cold. He wore a mask. Like that's just the way. What we do there, you know. So I, I think people will get used to it. And the second thing to come back to what you said, interesting about your rum tasting. I think with online events, you've got to look at what can I do differently and better than an in-person event, not what I can replicate. And like to take that example, me and my wife, we went to some friends. It was it was a rum tasting in a cocktail bar in Prague, and it was really cool. You know, just just what you said. There was um, you had a bunch of rooms from like you know from Barbados and some even some Asian ones and all kinds of stuff and you know we had and they, the the guy who ran the bar talked about them and it was really cool and it, and it, and I would say you know it's better than the online one in that you you're in a social event but what your event had is you had the people who run the distilleries or whatever talking like we didn't have that we just had the barman who was kind of a semi expert but not a real expert so like with the online event you know you managed to have someone that really you know a lot of people and, and it's the same with conferences you can get like you know you're very constricted with a conference who can fly in and speak but then with online you, you maybe you'll get someone you would never get you know yeah this, this is the point is that you know it's as i keep referring to the the analogy of cinema versus netflix I'm not saying that the cinemas are all going to close down, you know, or they, they would have closed down because of there was video and television and Netflix. I'm just saying that people go to a lot more stuff online and their telly yeah. uh, rather than having to venture out. It's just easier to do. So, yeah. um, and then also if there's the, uh, the, the, the factor that the, your company might say, look, you can't travel this much anymore. We're trying to reduce our emissions. Then there could be all these different factors that come into it. And I'm very positive that events also, live events will come back. Um, I think there's, I think they're going to be bigger than ever, you know, due to the fact that 
uh, people were missing uh, <laughs> going out and socially yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, having social lives and stuff. However, I just think there's a massive room for for disruption and the online event side of things. And if you can replicate something where you can watch it in your own home or telly on your computer without having to travel, um, without having the hassle of um, going to an event and having to do the small talk. And I, I am referring mostly to educational conference style events, not expos. Yeah, Because um, yeah. obviously with those, there's more interaction. But that said, I, I still believe that um, it's one of those industries where it hasn't yet been disruptive. And um, I know for years people said, oh, we're going to do this online stuff. But technology now is really, really advanced. What I'm finding is that we're starting to merge everything together to make custom platforms where you're getting far more leads than you'd ever get at a conference. You're getting far more people. You're getting yeah, yeah. global audience. You're getting senior people that have got children that don't normally venture out because of their uh, too senior. Uh, they uh, they don't also don't want to get, you know, um, what's the word, like mob attacked yeah. by those people trying to sell to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a very different type of person coming to these events. And, you know, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to speak today is just to let people in the industry know that uh, don't think that the online events are not working. They're working. Um, we had one of our competitors in um, New York. Um, I say a competitor, but they're, they're the other version of what we do, we do a lot of products and UX and tech events. Uh, they're based in New York. I think Canada, actually, uh, there's their official home and they, they do a lot of events in New York and Canada. Um, they created a, 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 an online conference um, and during lockdown. It was called Digital Design Week. You can check it out online. I think it was Virtual virtual Online Week or something like that. And they created it, low barrier to entry, didn't need any you know, food or drinks or venues. They had 15,000 people turn up in two weeks. Wow. And they made nearly a million pounds. They're a small organization that never made any money prior to this. <laughs> so uh, they would do kind of meet up smaller events. And this is happening across the industry. Like there's some people out there that are making a small fortune out of online events. I'm sure they're not going to be shouting about it because, you know, it's not exactly uh, socially <laughs> uh, great at the moment to say we're profiteering because of people in lockdown. And we, we haven't yet. We're, we're, we're doing okay. We're breaking even and making, you know, ends meet. But I believe that if you do it right online, you can have tens. I mean, another one is Web Summit and Collision Conference, the biggest yeah. in the world. They, um, they had 30,000 people attend their event um online and it was paid it was a hundred pound a ticket so um you know there's there's many people out there that are actually doing incredibly well out of it and obviously the challenge is replicating networking and replicating uh what sponsors get so there's a few things that we're doing at the moment uh to to, to, to do that and uh the, the the most interesting one is gamification yep so gamification i think is the right way of saying it but when you create a game and then you pull in leads of it. So um, we're, we're doing games at our conferences and people going on and playing old school arcade games. And then if they win, they win a pair of Beats headphones or something cool. Yeah. And they're going into these, these games and they're just like, every time they go in, they have to fill in a form. And yeah. then they get, you know, the, 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 uh, the sponsor gets all of those leads. And we found that uh, about in, in one of our conferences that we did recently, and we've been doing this, we've done about 70 events now, 60 or 70 events, just so you know, online. Yeah. 
since uh, the story uh, didn't really get to the end of it. But the, the yeah, no, no, we're going to jump back in and finish finish it off. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Just to be honest with you, yeah, the rest of it's quite straightforward. We carried on doing those events, and uh, you know, the community got really big online. Anyway, we started yeah experimenting with all these different ideas. One of them's games, and when we did a game, we found that eighty five percent of attendee um, attendees at the conference played the game and gave their details to our sponsor. So if you went to another event, um, I'm pretty sure that 85% of people wouldn't go to the booth and give their details across uh, to go on. Yeah, for sure. I guess, I guess the question is, okay, there's a lot of conferences in the world. A lot of them are regional, a lot of them are local, you know, and now if everyone goes online and everyone's competing for a global audience, is it going to, is it going to get harder to get found when everyone you compete, you're not just competing with the other guys in the UK, you're competing with the guys in Spain, Germany, America. It's a big problem. And what's happened in the lockdown from the online events point of view is people like us, we've got staff to pay and we're, we're, we're an events company. So we, we make our money from events. We don't have a product, an agency or something in the background. Yeah. So people like us are charging for events. And then you've got every other person deciding, oh, we're on furlough or we've got our staff here sat doing not much. Let's do our own free events. And yeah. In our industry, it's absolutely saturated with these free Zoom events where you go and listen to a yeah, bit like yeah, yeah. to two people talking on a about a subject. And the difficulty with that is that they can't continue to do that. There's going to be a point where they go, "We're not making any money out of this." That's, that's my exact point because I've I've seen this in our or it's already happened to me. You know, we get a bunch of people running some free events. And, um, and and then I, I, I even had people sending us like messages like, what are you charging? Like angry messages. I was like, what is he serious? Like, we, you know, we've been doing this and we do low, we do, I do free events. If you look at our YouTube channel, you know, apps events, search and apps events, we do free events every single week, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and they've already, and they've already dropped out. They, 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 they went in and then they're just like, oh, this is a lot of work. Cause it's a huge amount of work or you can half ass it. And you can, and, and, and it's like, so what's the point? You know, like I just gave up two hours of my time for that. What was the point? Or if you really want to do it well, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've, we have a large, very, very large database of people. We've, we have 10,000 people a year coming to our physical events and community events. So we managed to transfer most of them into online events, but we found that we were getting different type of people. As I said, like people in uh, all over the globe were coming um, instead of just from Europe. Um, yeah. So it was it was really interesting. We do like a Zoom um, hangout after after the event, so everyone can chat and uh, do the networking with some beers and stuff, a bit like you would at the end of a, a, com- yeah. a meetup or a conference. And you know, you sit in the room and you realize no one's British. You're the only British person. Yeah. Uh, You've got Costa Rica, Mexico, every every country that you just you'd never imagine would be coming to your events. Um, and it's super interesting. And all of a sudden you've got interest from global brands that want to get in front of these people. They want to have global audiences. So what we've done as a company, which we've only just we haven't even released this yet. So I don't know when you when you put this online, how long it takes, but we're gonna be releasing it next week. Two weeks from that start of August, first week of August. Our conferences did really well. So we we doubled up on all of our numbers on conferences, doing them online, at least doubled up. And we had less costs. We actually yeah. made we actually made more revenue and more profits than we would doing them offline um, in the end. 
the problem, the difficulty was, is we'd made less sponsorship revenue. So tickets did really well, but the sponsors were much more difficult to get any money out of. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so that's that's one of the tricky things because we're our events are very educational. Um, they're all about you know designing for Google and Facebook and how they made this. So I did a one yesterday about the guy who created Google Hangouts. Funny enough. Um, so I interviewed him and he was telling me how he made Google Hangouts. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like to see that, you know, I'm, I'm in the Google sphere, so that's cool. Yeah, so lots of interesting talks, as you can imagine. But yeah, sponsors, that, that's where the difficulty is. So yeah, what we're doing as a company now is we've recognized that our community events, our meetups, if you like, which are very, very popular, we created it into a subscription channel, a members-only channel, yeah. and you pay £16 a month to become a member. And then you get unlimited community events and we do three a week. Now that worked pretty well. I was thinking, you know, if we get thousand people on here, we're going to have 16,000 pound a month just doing meetups. Yeah. Uh, the conferences, it was working quite well. But what I realized is like we were just saying, there's so many free events out there yeah. that like people were signing up and then they were canceling after a while because they were going, well, you know, there's so many other free events out there. So we've just taken a huge decision to make all of our community events free online and right. still do the subscription. So um, people can subscribe. It's very much like Netflix. I've developed a whole website um, myself. I coded it and created it. So it's an online community and you subscribe to it and then you get all of these events online and it's all done through one portal. It's all very kind of new and techy and cool. Um, and each yeah day there's different events that you can go and sign up and and, and listen to um so we're going to change it all to free and what we believe is that because there'll be so many numbers going we're going to get huge deals with partners and part of the decision to do that is that three or four major partners of ours from the past came out of the woodwork and said wow you guys are doing all right at this like we want to get back involved and actually because it's online you can charge more money um believe it or not i, yeah. I didn't expect this but what they're really keen on is return of investment. Yeah. So if you can bring them X amount of people within a certain industry, they're happy. Um, doesn't they don't they're not that bothered about being on a stool or a, a you know event having to chat to people. They just want to see how much money they're making sure. from their, their investment. So we we've teamed up with a few people, and I mean, there's some with the, the biggest sponsorship deal we've ever done. We did last week. Really? Yeah. Uh, for the ongoing thing, yeah. 12 events they want us to do uh, for them, tailor-made events for our community. And sure. we're going to do 12 events for them, and it's to drive people into a, a big thing that they're doing. Um, so they, they give us the most uh, money that we've ever uh, achieved in sponsorship and partnership. But I think you do need to have like a lot, a lot of people to reach those levels. And that's why turning it free um, means a far, far higher. We, we done some calculations and we believe we're going to 10x our our um the amount of people that are going at the moment so we'll have 10 times more people so that's you know that's what we're working on and all the big companies are coming to us now and they're starting to say well you know we've got an event budget let's spend it with you you're you've been doing 60 events online no one else is everyone else is asleep you know that's what's happened in the industry all of the big players unfortunately aren't flexible enough to be able to to pivot and um also, a lot of the trade events don't have great quality content. So it's uh, the content is what the draw is now. And that's what the partners are wanting. They're going to partner with people that have got great content. And then we can give them 
little gimmicky things that will get them a lot of data and a lot of return of investment very quickly. And uh, it's, it's just very interesting to see it. The platform we use shows you every single person that clicks on the pop-up ads that we do. Uh, we do pop-up ads like join this or get this freebie. And uh, it tells us all the data. We can send it straight back to the client next day. Here you go. 500 people went on here. 500 people signed up. And they're, they're over the moon with it. Um, they, they see it as, wow, we were last year we came to your physical event and 50 or 60 people, you know, uh, signed up on our stool. This year we're getting 400 people sign up, you know, 500 yeah. people sign up. So it is very interesting, you know, when you take away that. Um, I think there was a bit of a reluctance from sponsors and even people going to the events to say, well, it's online, you know. Um, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to pay for that. And now that people are starting to wake up and see, well, actually, better return of investment, better content, better speakers, better education, great networking opportunities. We do a thing where everybody connects with LinkedIn on each other. So, like, you can all click on each other's LinkedIn and, and you know, build your network super, super quickly with all those people in the, in the event. So many cool things that you can do with it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's very very interesting. I'm I'm obviously coming from a very different perspective from most events people. Um, we will definitely go back to doing live events when we are able to, but we'll be doing it with this. <laughs> so <laughs> it, this might even be the main business. Um, it just like it just I think we're both in a similar situation. It just like just takes massive hustle, you know. And and running events is a hustle industry, but this is just you just got to pivot and hustle in a different direction, you know. And hard, you know, like you can't just you know do half-ass it, you've got to go for it, you know? But I'm curious, like, just to finish off, obviously, it's been a great chat. We're pretty much up to time. Like, what, if you're going to look into your crystal ball, like, when, we don't know. I mean, it'd be good to look back on this and see what your prediction, how, how accurate it was. When do you think people are going to be running in-person events again? Um, like conferences, for example. There's a, there's, a, there's a few hurdles to get over. So for us, the, uh, I'll tell you something that's happened. We were planning to do uh, in-person events at the end of this year. And you know that the government said about October, we we just, as always, we want to be the first back. We want to be, you know, um, yeah. the ones that are leading our industry and, and showing everybody, look, we're, we're back. We're, we're uh, you know, very strong at uh, what we do. But none of our speakers want to come. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our big problem. None of the speakers want to come. None of them will fly. The most of them are from the United States because we work in tech. So no one from San Francisco wants to fly. Nobody in London wants to travel. Um, so our biggest problem is getting decent enough speakers to attract a big crowd. Interesting. Our, our second problem is um, advertisement budgets and training budgets have been cut. So yeah. um, with the fact that there's a lot of people doing online, more destructive uh, events that are cheaper has come also where they're going to say to their staff, look, you know, when we're in, we're not in the best of times at the moment, please can you go to the online conferences that are uh, 99 pounds instead of the 500 pound live one. So I don't think that live events will come back even from an educational point of view or uh, expo point of view until crystal ball. I've, I've been so positive about this and I've been telling everybody it will be back early. And now I've, I've, got to the point where I don't believe it's going to come back even might not even come back next year. Really? My prediction is that's one. Uh, yeah. I hope it does. My prediction is March, April next year. I mean, yeah. I've got nothing to base that on other than just, I'm already seeing people book stuff. Like for example, in Prague, you know, I, I'm quite into like live music scene, you know, I even as a hobby kind of help promote a few things. And I'm already seeing big bands, 
book stuff for March, April next year. I'm seeing people are, there's, there's a lot of activity going on around that time, you know, and, and okay, it's, it's all dependent on what happens with COVID. Obviously no one can that's control right. it. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing though, Dan, is that we live in a time where how can you plan and spend hundreds of thousands, millions of pounds setting up an event when it might not happen? Yeah. And it's, that's the problem for us as a small business. I can't afford to go and invest all that money and then be told that it's not happening and spend all that resource and all those staff that are working on it and preparing for it. And there's a second spike in October um, or in November, or, you know, we get through that and then they, there's something else. And I'm with you on that. I, I believe that March, April is, you, it could be, but if there's a second spike in November, then who's going to be preparing to do an event? Um, you know, and, it, and it's and it's so local when you when you're global like you're becoming and we already are like it just you get like for example we, we've got an event scheduled in september this year which is still hasn't yet been cancelled but it's in luxembourg luxembourg has just got one of the worst covid rates in europe you know there's 20 countries can't even visit there or they've got to go to quarantine and like it's just like it couldn't have been a worse place you know literally there's some countries that are great there's some countries that are not there's some t different town you know it's going to get more localized in terms of town so you're right like to plan an event with those kind of uncertainty, like the only thing that can do it is is an antidote. You know, there's got to be like a or, or, or super widespread testing and a really efficient way to check everyone who goes to an event. One of those two things has to happen. You know, I really hope for that. You know, I know a lot of people in the industry, and it's never nice seeing you know where, even if they're competitors, people's businesses going bust, people are working their lives to to get to where they've got to. Um, so I really hope for the sake of the industry, it's sooner. But I just uh, the government in the UK have messed up and I'm not, um, I'm apolitical, uh, to put it frankly, yeah, I, don't, I don't get involved in politics. Um, but I feel that the government have messed up on every single hurdle and the way the events industry in the UK has been treated is disgraceful. So I just, there's no support. It's very difficult. I feel sorry for everybody else out there. And one of the things I would say is that if anybody wants any advice about anything, you can reach out to me. Luke Reed on LinkedIn and, I, and I'm happy to help anybody who's struggling at the moment and trying to figure out what to do next. Good. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the online is the safest bet at the moment. And yeah. I don't, I don't see, I, I don't see how people can plan. It's a big gamble and maybe it will pay off. Some people will pay off. I hope it does. Um, but we won't be taking that gamble. We're not going to do any events until next year, maybe the year after. Depends well, look that's a, some great yeah obviously get in touch with luke look great to chat and I, I hope we can meet in person for a beer in london i'll definitely give you i'll let you know now i just you know for now i just feel like it'd be so nice to go to london I'm, I'm english obviously i live in prague i think i get to go to london a few times a year like, i haven't been for a long time i'm like i would love to go to london now you know so when we got to meet up and go for a beer next time uh, next time i come across london for sure yeah dan this is the thing right I did the just last thing i'll add people are going back to cinema now people are going on holiday now you know um there's there's all sorts of stuff people are in restaurants now so you know although it's it's hard to plan for these things maybe it will be okay and i hope it does but also maybe people start doing outdoor events because it might be just that you know the industry starts doing stuff in in marquees and fields like festivals and stuff and uh, moves away from indoor events or something like that there's I think it's just so unpredictable and hard to change. But yeah, I would love to go for a beer with you if in London. We'll do it. Yeah. It might be next year. It might be the year after, but it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's now, now the pubs in London are really COVID secure. You can go in and they're, they're, it feels very safe. You know, it doesn't feel 
uh, that bad. I'll tell what happened in Prague. So like last night, no, two days ago, there's a bar, which, which I've, I'm actually meet, I'm actually meeting some friends tonight, funnily enough. I'm going to have a shower after this and go out. We're going to a beer garden. It's a bit, kind of be outside away from people. But yeah. um, it's this bar kind of, you know, like kind of a, a lot of footballers were there. Two, two of the Prague teams, uh, all the players were there. A small bar and like 70 people got infected in this one bar. God. Yeah, so well, it was just one bar, like it was just a big thing. So many people got infected. So it's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard. If you run an event and then you know your event's names on there that a hundred people got infected, yeah, your your reputation's gone. So very, very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I, I'm staying clear of the bars, but I'm kind of like having drinks outside, like you are in beer gardens and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah went to a brew dog in london and we went inside there was just no one in there um so <laughs> take, probably the um, we were wearing yeah. masks you know and then you know drinking uh through the masks almost sort of you know every now and again lifting them up to have a beer so, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of brew dog so that's that's definitely where we'll go then when we meet well, yeah it'd be lovely it'd be lovely let's definitely Good. do that luke thank you very much really pleasure to chat and let's speak again we'll catch up again maybe hopefully end of the year we'll see where the story is going next Thank you so much for having me again, Dan. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.